You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Here, we talk all things life, love, and leadership to help you find healing and be made whole. And today, we're doing just that. We're talking about one of the most uncomfortable topics ever. But we're not the folks to run away from healing, remember? Exactly. So let's dive deep into the number one requirement to living an excellent life. It's humility. Yeah, you heard me, fam. It's time to get low. You ready? Let's work. just start this show acknowledging that studying for this episode started off kind of rough for me because for my flesh, humility sucks. Can I just be real with you? Like consistently shutting down my flesh, it is no small feat. I imagine it's the same with you. For that very reason, we can't discuss humility without explaining the sin that is pride. If I could sum it up in two words, pride is the equivalent of saying, God who? It's considered the original sin by many. Pride is the quickest way to get the stiff arm from God. The scriptures tell it all. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. This sentence alone, it signifies how repulsive God finds pride. There is no other sin where the merciful God is said to oppose you, stand against you, but pride. And for good reason. Pride is at the root of all sin. It's the reason Lucifer is kicked out of heaven. What a story that is. It distorts our view of ourselves, causing us to magnify what should be minimized, while at the same time leaving us miserable. Think about it. Have you ever seen a prideful person content? Happy? No, they're too busy boasting away the pain of their current reality. And for some of us, that just described our entire social media experience. Yeeks. Pride is tricky. It's sneaky and conniving. And it feels really, really good in the moment. Let's not play ourselves. It invites itself into your space, whispering deceitful comforts, pushing you off the cliff of more, bigger, and better. Convincing you that what you don't deserve, you're entitled to. But pride is also the same sneaky inclination that's pulling you into yourself, telling you that cutting off the loved ones that offended you because they disagree with you was the best thing for you. It persuades you into obsession over your flaws or your mistakes, knocking the wind out of your soul every chance it gets by inflating itself with more of itself in you. Pride got you out here thinking that everybody's talking about you, how you look, how you talk, what you wear, what you do, and how you spend your money. It hushes you into isolation, assured that ain't nobody out here that can do for you but you. You know, trust no one. Pride the ultimate badge of independence. Again, God who? Yo, this is the one sin 
we all suffer from, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on. So like Paul cries out in Romans 7, who's going to deliver us from this? Good thing there's a remedy. Enter humility. The word alone sounds unappealing, a little ugly to my mind at first, but give it time and humility ends up being your soul's lifeline. Oh, is that bars right there? Somebody stop. Stop playing. Somebody sign me. (laughs) I promise one day I'm going to stop being so silly on this show. Today ain't the day. All right, back to the episode. Now, resisting the urge to gloat, to boast, to proclaim the wonderful goodness of ourselves, it's getting harder and harder to do in a culture that is hung up on not only winning, but doing the dopest victory dances too. So how do you find humility amidst the foggy cloud of hubris? Well, first, let's start off with why humility is so uncomfortable. We're not willing to confront what may be wrong with us because we're too busy trying to proclaim what's right about us. We lead with our gifts and victories, eager to tell the glory stories of our lives and an attempt to keep our shame at bay. So to put it plainly, pride, like all sin, feels good. It's not good to us, but in the moment, it scratches the itch of the soul that yearns to not only be significant, but more than. And this goes back to that trickiness about pride, right? Like the substance of pride is found in comparison. Pride is not satisfied with glory for glory's sake. Nah, it seeks to have a glory that's more than my neighbor's. Lucifer was already glorious by himself. It's when he sought to outdo God that he had to go. And this is why pride is dangerous, because like lust, there is no stopping point. You reach the goal that you wanted, but then you look across the street, scroll down the timeline, and you see someone else achieving their goal. And if you've ever found yourself saying to yourself, I can do that too. Pride is planning to play you, boo. Now, before I share the beauty of what humility is, let's talk about what it's not. Because some of the stuff that I've seen through the years has left me deeply befuddled. Humility is not some passive doormat positioning. Like it's not dumbing yourself down to make others more comfortable. It's not self-depreciation. And as a matter of fact, What we've come to know is that the person that is constantly berating themselves, putting themselves down due to low self-esteem, they are no different than the person who's suffering from high self-esteem. Both are examples of self-obsession and self-absorption. So humility is also not a way you look or speak about yourself. So that whole undercutting yourself so that you don't appear to seem big-headed is still pride. Now, hear me out on this. When we refuse to own the gifts that God gave us, that we operate in well, because we're afraid of what people will think, we're still obsessing over what others think of us. That's pride, fam. And that's also a disservice to our purpose. Now, I've been seeing this lately, too, on social media, uh, people telling others to stop being so humble. And I wanted to address it right quick. So people will say stuff like, you need to be proud 
walk into these spaces with victory and an acute focus on how the self can be satisfied through whatever the transaction that is about to occur. But see, that self-help stuff carries no weight. So to put it plainly, telling a person suffering from low self-esteem to practice pride is not the solution to their insecurities and identity issues. Like, it's one thing to try to inspire or encourage, but sometimes in our efforts to uplift, we end up misdirecting. Humility is very much still needed, and here are three reasons why. Let's get into it. Number one, humility is a superpower. Some of us at times think it's a weakness when in fact it is the biggest sign of maturity and trust in God. Thus, it's both a practice and a heart posture. When it comes to practicing humility, in order to win, you've got to lose. To go high, you first got to get low. Now, this sounds crazy to the natural mind. And yet, humility remains the greatest evidence of a heart that's completely dependent on God. There's nothing to prove, no significance to defend, no need to boast when I know that my life is in the hands of a good father and all I have comes from him. To really embrace this is the summit of one's emotional security. And from this position, imagine how you'll love people when you're that secured in his love. (laughs) But the opposite then is also true. If I'm constantly defending myself, slow to listen, quick to speak, perhaps it's time to really take a look at what I think about God and who he's supposed to be in my life. Number two, humility is the pathway to joy. Like that world didn't give it and world can't take it away kind of joy. Because it still stems from that security we just talked about. People that secure and self-assured, they don't walk around in the dumps. And this does not mean, hear me healthily, it doesn't mean they don't have obstacles or grief. It simply means they're aware of the truth of this life, that God is. And because he is, he's good. And because he's good, he's good to me. (laughs) There's an unconditional glee that springs up from the soul when it knows that no one or thing can ever dethrone this truth. It's a come what may kind of joy. huh? It's a decision made, determined to hold out to the end kind of joy. That despite a pandemic, chaos and turmoil, uncertainty even, God is. And because he is, he's good. And because he's good, he's good to me. That's that Jesus joy right there. And speaking of Jesus, do you see his humility? He took on not only our nature, but everything that came with it. Like, can you imagine just for a second, God eating from the body that he participated in creating? Imagine Jesus, God in the flesh, humbling himself to the point of being potty trained. Like God had to learn how to talk and learn how to walk. Here's the savior of the world waiting 30 years before doing any active ministry. And even then, in his only three years of ministry, he kept the same pace. You never see Jesus rushing anywhere, no matter what the news was. You'll peep the rest 
the security, the inner assurance. This is what we all want, isn't it? What would make him do that? And yet, look at the joy he had. Perhaps it could be because he had an identity that was rooted in the Father's love for him. Now, if Jesus could be humble and he's literally the Savior of the world, we can't take a seat. Hmm. Number three, last one. Humility is the key component to transformation. Paul challenges us in Philippians to allow the mind that Jesus has to also become our own. Second to salvation, there is no greater change that could ever take place than this. This is the miracle of sanctification. This is the hope of true change. But this is only feasible to the soul that is willing to prostrate itself deeply aware of her sin, yet bold in her access to the God who rescued her from it. Since we know that pride distorts, it is humility that provides this needed clarity of a secured identity. It's an identity that was affirmed before any act was performed. You were loved before you did anything to earn that love because this kind of love, it can't be earned. See, humility helps us anchor our identity in Jesus. And this anchor is the positioning that allows us to be daily shaped and formed, making our change permanent and true. So we can overcome what once overwhelmed us. We can stop the things we took the most pleasure in that goes against God's desire for our flourishing. We can walk in truth, grace, and love, and then share that with others. We speak so much about becoming, but we'll never get there without humility. You want to talk about becoming? God became human so that humans could become like God. I'm going to close it out like this. Humility can be scary. See, I took the title for this episode from a popular rap song, right? But only because it resonated. Getting into the posture and practice of humility, it's frightening for those of us who are fighting for our rights, and understandably so. But here's reason number 532 of why I love the word, because it answers that, fam. As scary as it appears to be, what's the thing that casts out all fear? It's not bravery or courage, it's love. So when I find myself defending or inserting myself and my accomplishments, and boasting and scoffing at others, I'm actually saying that I'm afraid God doesn't love me enough to look out for me as much as I will look out for me. The problem is that lack of humility, it becomes this giant setup towards a life of isolation, pretense, and misery that we never really wanted in the first place. So I want to end the show with an image that I came across from one of my new favorite Christian thinkers. I know I've quoted him on the show before, Pete Scazzaro. In his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, 10 out of 10, highly recommend, go pick it up. He talks about the ladder of humility. He adapted this from St. Benedict, a 6th century Christian monk. So while you listen to the steps or the rungs on the ladder, try to identify where you are and what your next steps on this journey towards being more like Jesus will be. It's eight steps, but they're easy. And you know, I'm going to read it fast. (laughs) Here they go. 
Step one, fear of God and mindfulness of him. So it's really just a greater sense of awareness of God's presence. Step two, doing God's will, not our own or other people's. So we're surrendering our will to God's completely. Step three, willing to subject ourselves to the direction of others, giving up our pride to receive God's will for our lives as it comes through other people. Kind of like a lifelong group project. Now, some of y'all just cringed so hard just then. Okay, it's me. I'm some of y'all. Okay, (laughs) just help me, Jesus, right there. Step four, patient to accept the difficulty of others. Now, this is giving others the chance to figure out their weakness, their own way, and their own time. Mm! That's how uh, Pete Scazzaro describes that, step four. Let's go to step five. Radical honesty to others about our weaknesses and faults. Here, we quit the pretense and we share your limitations and flaws with someone you love and who loves you. Mm. Mm. Step six, being deeply aware of being the chief of all sinners, like Paul describes. This is not self-hatred. It's not self-depreciation, but rather an invitation to becoming gentle, gracious, and kind. Step seven, purposeful to speak less and with more restraint. This also is just a sign of wisdom. Help, Lord. I want to be wise. Step eight. This is the pinnacle. This is it. Transformed into the love of God. Now, when you get here, there's no haughtiness, no put downs, no sarcasm. Here's what Scazzaro writes. We are at home with ourselves and content to rely on the mercy of God. Everything is a gift. Yo, imagine the joy we could experience if we lived and loved like everything was a gift. All right, HMQ, here's my question, and today I got two. Number one, is your ego worth your lasting joy? And number two, what's the hardest area for you to practice humility in? What is that? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it with your sibling? Is it with your friends? Is it with your leaders? It's worth worth checking off. Okay, say la sugar, that's it. Well, family, thank you for letting me be with you today. If this brought you any value, will you subscribe to the show for more soul-hitting episodes delivered freely to your device each week? I'd love for you to do that and for you to leave a review and a rating. It helps spread the show to more people, and I really appreciate that. Check out our website, soulworkwithsan.com, for more thoughts. We're on Facebook and IG at soulworkwithsan. Hit me up at hello at soulworkwithsan.com. That's hello at soulworkwithsan.com. And let me know how you're doing and how the show can best serve you. It's why we're here. Let's heal, fam. We're in this together. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.